1: The spirit of glory. That is the subject of our time on this Tuesday edition of Times of Refreshing. The glory of God shows up and manifests itself in a variety of ways and a variety of passages of Scripture throughout God's Word. And today, we turn to 1 Peter, chapter 4. We'll focus in on verses 12 through 14 today in a message called the Spirit of Glory. It's all part of our series called His Glory, where we look at the various aspects of God's glory. Won't you join us? Again, 2 Peter, chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. From the well. A Christian community here in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
0: It's okay for all of us to say I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, how do we do this? I don't know. And then you ask the Holy Spirit and then he guides you into all truth. And that's something that we have to embrace with the Lord. Stop trying to fake it like you know Everything because you don't i don't know i'm still learning how to be a good father a good husband good coach good pastor i'm still every day i'm trying to find out lord help me how to do this i want to learn how to do this you don't become great at something just because you got a degree in it this is a process we should be learning every day How to perfect our craft and how to become better as saints of God. Can I have an amen? He said, but he will guide us. This is a great thing. The spirit of glory will guide us. He says, "Into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. So when it comes to my future, I'm grateful that the spirit of glory, he rests in me and is with me. And he'll tell me about my future. I don't have to sit back and worry about it. He's guiding me. And then he'll give me insight in what I need to know when I need to know it. If I'm open to his leadership in my life. Then it says here in verse 14. And he will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Any spirit that is trying to take to take the... Uh, that magnifying glass of off of Jesus is a spirit that's not had been sent by God. It's a bad spirit. Any spirit that speaks to you and tells you that, that Jesus isn't the son of God. That tells you that you don't need to seek Jesus. It's the devil. It is. And we have to learn that the Holy Spirit, he's going to always magnify the Lord. He's not going to magnify you either. He's going to magnify the Lord. And so for us, it's important that we realize this is a part of his, his ministry. And then he says in verse 15, All that the Father has, are, are all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it, he says, to you. And so for us as saints, we want to make sure that we're constantly allowing the Spirit of God to convict us, to guide us. To give us insight into who Jesus is. And and then continue to work on us in the process and welcome him in. We have to welcome him in. Can I have an amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is good. Because during this maturing process. There's going to be certain things that God. Even from a, from a church standpoint. Has to root out of of the church in order for us to really come to a place of maturity and it is a sign of maturity when we can conquer these areas and I say this not just for the church but whether you're a business whether you're in a business and you're a woman or man of God and you're a business and you're leading your business whether it's you're a coach like myself, a coach whether it is, you know um Your family, you know, you lead in your family, even if you're single and you're leading your family. These principles right here are important and the spirit of God is a part of this process. It says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1, and we're going to go down to verse 9. It says, and I brethren, the apostle Paul says to the church of Corinth, he says, and I brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal.'" As to babes in Christ. What does he mean by that? Spiritual people. You guys want to go a little deeper? Yes, Every single one of you in this room. Is a type being. A tripartite being. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. And you live in your shell called your body. I talk about this all the time. Because you have to know you. Your makeup. You're our spirit. And so your spirit, you possess a a soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are what comprise your soul. And you live in this shell called your body. This is where you express yourself. When you die, your body is going to go to the grave, but your spirit and soul are going to go right into the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When all of us, when Adam fell in the sin, we all fell. All the seed that was in him fell. So what happens is, when Adam falls, his, he is a spirit. He possesses a soul. He lived in a body. But God told him, in the day that you partake of this tree, you shall surely die. You shall surely die. Did Adam die that day? He did not die that day. Now, but what happened was, his spiritual chamber now was closed off and then he began to operate as a living nephesh a soul a soul being meaning his mind will and emotions begin to dictate policy through him as he lived, on his, lived through the earth. But his ability to truly commune with God. And lock in with God. Like he had before the fall. Was shut off. His spiritual chamber shut off. And now he's primarily being governed by his mind. His will and his emotions. And so you look at people now and you, and you, and you talk to them. They're not spiritual. They're, they're natural. The natural man does not comprehend or receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Okay. So what happens is now you, you're, we're on people and it's all about their intellect, their mind. It's all about what they want to do, their will. And it's all about their emotions. And so now when the spirit of God, when Jesus comes on the scene, what does he do? He calls us to be born of the spirit and not of the flesh. He comes in and he awakens our spiritual man. And then our spirit, like I said earlier, our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit comes into us. He awakens our spiritual man. And then he teach us, teaches us the value of not allowing our mind, will, and emotions to control us. But to be led by the Spirit of God. And to be awakened from the inside out by the power of his Spirit. And so now I have emotions but my emotions don't control me. I have a mind, but my mind doesn't control me. In fact, God gives me the mind of Christ. I have a will, but now I've submitted my will to God. And now I've taken upon myself the will of God. And you learn to live like this. And then as you continue to feed your spirit, then the spirit of God begins to rule inside of you. And you start to live your life not as a carnal person, but as a spiritual person, and people say, man, why are you not flipping out? My emotions don't control me. I have emotions, but my emotions don't control me. I have a, I have a great mind. I'm smart. But, but my mind and my thinking isn't now just rooted in what I'm learning in textbooks from somebody over here. But now I've tapped into a higher source of revelation and knowledge. I have the mind of Christ. And then my mind isn't polluted with all this false stuff. God is constantly cleansing my mind and giving me a a new mind and washing me. So now I'm not sitting around imagining filth and perversion like I used to. He's created in me a clean heart and he's given me a new mind. And now you start thinking and now your mind isn't all over the place. Can I have an amen y'all? Now God locks you in. He starts to cleanse your mind. So what happens is now you become spiritual and not just a a soulish person, a sensual person. Because now you've been awakened from the inside out. And then when God starts awakening, I mean, you guys hear me say this all the time. When God starts awakening you from the inside out, things that you used to just see, now something is different about that tree when you look at it. Something's different about that, your child, when you look at him, like, man, God created him. Something is different about the way you start looking at the world. You start seeing God and stuff. You look at the moon and be like, man, God is awesome. How did he do that? God done made that. (laughs) Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You start looking around at stuff you used to see all the time, and you're looking at. I remember one time I was looking in my back. I was in my backyard, and I was just looking at some bees. I was like, "My God, look at this bee! It's just flying, and then it's taking the pollen, and it's going over here, and then it's doing." I'm like, "How in the world did God do that?" It's ugly, though. But you start looking at stuff and you start seeing God and his, and his power and how he's created. It. Your spirit, man, is coming alive. Can I have an amen, y'all? And now you start going through this, this metamorphosis from the inside out. And you start getting strong on the inside. Because the spirit of glory and of God is resting upon you. Can I have an amen? And so when he says, and I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but as the colonel, as you are babes in Christ. All of us go through that process of transition, but we got to go through it and grow up spiritually. Stop letting your emotions and everything rule you. Stop letting your flesh get the best of you. Stop letting the old Adam rule you because you have the new Adam in your life. Can I have an amen? But this is the problem. The spirit of glory comes into the church and he wants to get us to grow up because he's doing all these things I've been talking about the last 30 minutes. But the last thing he's got to do and the thing he's kind of working on on us is is getting us to understand that look at verse two i fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you were not able to receive it and even now you are still not able for you are still carnal for where there is envy strife division among you are you not carnal and behaving like mere men And so we have to understand that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that He's working on this. He's getting us out of carnality, out of letting our soul govern and rule us. Now we're trying to get to a place of true spirituality where the Holy Spirit now is governing and ruling within us and we yield to this process. And when that happens, that means He's going to start changing the message a little bit. Every baby needs milk for a season. But you can't keep giving your baby milk and thinking that he's going to grow when he's at the age now where he has to transition to solid food. And the problem that we have in the church is that sometimes as pastors, we don't want to deal with the weightier matters. You know, and that's why I'll talk about stuff. And you guys hear me talk about stuff that's a little heavier that a lot of guys won't talk about. And I'll just say it. Because we have to hear it, because it's going to help us to grow. But if I just tell you every day, well, you know, give you stuff that's easy to digest. God loves you; He's going to bless you, and, and He just doesn't care about nothing, you know. Woohoo! Just just keep coming to church and giving your tithes and offering. Be here, and I'll be happy. No, we want you to grow. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to grow up in this thing. It's time to mature. So we need need solid food. We need something that's going to challenge us a little bit. Get us thinking about not coming back to the church. I love it when people say, I don't know if I'm going to come back. You know, he stepped on my toes. He's stepping on my toes every week. Well, then that gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. You, You should feel conviction because that's the Holy Spirit. But look what he says here. He says, milk and not with solid food because the person wasn't able to handle it. We got to toughen up and get ready to handle this stuff. Can I have an amen? He says, look at verse 3. For you are still carnal for where there are envy. Envy. When you have envy in the church, it's a sign of carnality. We got to grow up out of that. God has brought us all here together and we got to get rid of envy. If God is blessing somebody else and using them, rejoice. Don't try to, don't try to, don't become envious of their position. Rejoice that God is using your brother or sister to advance the cause of Christ. And he's highlighting them for that moment. And so we have to rejoice. And this is a sign of carnality when we have envy in the church. And the spirit of glory is trying to get envy out of the church. Because he wants us all to be secure as sons and daughters of God. And knowing that we're accepted. And God is going to use that person. And then he's going to use that person. He's going to use that person. And praise God. Whoever he uses. As long as the glory of God is being revealed. Can I have an amen? But it's a sign of carnality when we have envy. And strife. If you're a person and you have strife. in, in In your family all the time. And strife on the job all the time. Strife in the church. If And let me say this to you, saints. If wherever you go, you have strife. <laughs> if wherever you go, you have strife. You have to stop and say, man, I'm, I know I love God, but I need to grow up. Because it can't just be everybody else. You're the only common denominator. (laughs) Everybody has peace in the house until you get home. Can I preach it today? Can I preach it today? It was fine until you got home. The kids were acting like angels. You know, the place was great. And, you know, mama is happy. And then you come in the door and there's a problem. And yes, you love God, and yes, you go to church, and yes, you pray your tithes, and yes, you sing the songs. But if you're always, if there's always strife with you, you have to stop and say, "Wait a minute, I need to grow up. Uh, maybe I'm being carnal right now. I need to mature because everybody was happy till I got here. See, I hear you ladies laughing, but you too." somebody said get us (laughs) so listen so he says strife he says and divisions divisions when you see division ultimately somebody is being carnal and we have to stop and i'm talking about and we understand the context here within the local church He's talking about the people of God. When we have division, you have to stop and say, What's going on? Somebody's operating in the flesh. Somebody's being carnal here. God has a system and and has designed this thing so that there will be peace. Everybody's got to buy into that. If there's division, somebody just wants their way. And for us, we have to stop and get back to God. Amen? Now, watch this. He says, You're carnal. He says, People are carnal behaving like mere men. Verse 4 For when one says, I am a Paul, and another, I am Apollos, are you not carnal? Okay? Now, this is important because the Apostle Paul was a very, very powerful figure, and so was Apollos. People were choosing sides and aligning themselves with the person instead of just sticking with God, and both of these individuals were glorifying God. And this is how we I hate to say it but this is how we got all these these denominations i'm not i'm not necessarily against denominations i'm against how people view them if you're part of the assemblies of god you're part of the methodist church if you're part of this or you're part of that you know every church has some good and has some bad nobody is perfect but when we start, when we start getting to the place where we think that we're the only ones that know the truth. Then we're showing that we're carnal. Because God is moving in all different kinds of churches. If they're preaching the truth of the word of God and all those things. But some of the traditional stuff that we, we tend to say, that church is not a good church based on this. If their teaching is bad and they're off and doing stuff, I get it. But if they just have a tradition in their church where their deacons wear gloves or their ushers wear gloves and the other church doesn't wear gloves, it doesn't mean the church that doesn't wear gloves is not saved. Those gloves don't make you holy. Can I have an amen, y'all? The gloves don't make you holy. And so we got these traditions and then we start saying, well, that church is not saved. I mean, it's just carnality. I'm a Paul. I'm a Paulist. I love the fact that God has given me the privilege of leading this church. But we have other great, man, there's so many great teachers and preachers and ministers here in the church. We have a great group of people in this church, great leaders in the church. And God gave me the vision for the church. I get it. But we can't can't be, oh, that's my favorite elder. The devil's a lie. You better embrace everybody that God's bringing in your life, even your child, when they start telling you something that God said. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to get out of this stuff. And now we understand you following your pastor because God, you know, made me the leader. All that stuff. I get it. But we don't want to ascribe a position and place a preeminence to a person that God has never ascribed. He's the king. I'm happy when you're following Jesus. Amen. And that's how we should operate. But the apostle Paul is talking to them and saying, you guys are carnal. We got to grow out of this. He says who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor is he who waters but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Look at verse 9 for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. He says you are God's building. Now, when we lock into this, the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. And what happens is the spirit of glory and God continues to mature us so that we don't have envy. We don't have strife. We don't have divisions. We don't have people just aligning themselves with people and creating little factions. And then what happens is you have peace and everyone becomes spiritual and not just emotional or mentally trying to ascend to a place where they can try to outthink God. And then we get out of self-will and then we become spiritual people and people get around us. Wow, something different about you. Yeah, I'm a child of the king. Yeah, they're trying to cause division. I'm not getting involved in that. Well, you got to pick a side. Nope. I'm on the side of Jesus. Can I have an amen? Amen. And why don't you get involved in this? Nope, can't do it. Because I'm a child of the king. And then you start living your life with that perspective. And then people look at you and they kind of think you're strange. But you are kind of strange because it's not natural. It's spiritual. It's something different than people have experienced. And that's what the church is called to be. There should be peace in here. There's going to be some times when you have to rough some stuff out and have little dust ups, but you keep it in the right place. Understand that we're going to make it, we going to make it right. You know, my wife gets mad at me and she gets mad. Well, she'll be all right. I'll talk to her later. She will work it out. I'm not flipping out. She knows I'm salty at her about something. Yeah, give me five minutes. Let me get this off. Then I, we come back and, and you work it out. I'm not looking at that as division. I'm looking at that as the pre. Right. But when you start getting to a place where now you start condemning and, and talking bad and getting to a place and can't talk, and and, now we got, and then now you are in that room and right, and now it just becomes now the devil' sitting in the middle of you. He's sitting in the middle of the church. He's sitting in the middle of your relationships. He's sitting in the middle of your business. He's sitting in the middle of your team. He's sitting in the middle of everything. You got to get it out and people got to grow up. Can I have an amen? And so for us as a church, I want you and I today to accept the challenge to allow the Holy Spirit to mature us. We become stronger as a church community and the Holy Spirit really begins to move.